This week, the world is gripped in confusion and uncertainty, but Hugh Alternative is here to bring some normalcy to what's been a very hard week for professional wrestling. We'll give a quick rundown on the state of indie wrestling and review what might be the last dynamite for a while. All this and more tonight on Hugh Alternative. It is Wednesday, March 18th, 2020, and welcome to episode 22 of Heel Alternative, Pro Wrestling.cool's Posse Podcast, where we cover AEW and the wide world of professional wrestling outside Vince's purview. Boy, oh boy, it's been a week, and there's a lot of stuff going on, so let's just get right on into it. I'm your host, John Gavrixy Maxwell, joined, of course, by Trace Evans. Hi, John. It's, uh, God, was it four, three days until it all goes really south, apparently. We're, we're just Italy. You're just counting that nine days. You you called it, and it seems like it's going to happen. I don't even want to be. I just, I just see it getting worse and worse and worse. I sure hope not. I mean, you know, look, I've been, I've been doing okay so far, just like... Mm-hmm. doing work from home, being in my house, making, eating my food that I cooked. Like I got some more things to cook, some other stuff to freeze. Like I'm living my life. I'm making it work, but Oh yeah. Yo, this shit's stressful and sucks. Yeah. It's uh, it's weird. Actually it's I, I, like, I've been wanting to work from home for like two weeks now because I saw where this is going and it's just like, I've got motherfuckers around me coughing and I know some of it's allergies and whatever, but some of it's not. Yeah, some of it's, some of people it's definitely who not. Are legitimately sick. I mean, the first Amazon case, uh, I think I may have said last episode is on, which was two weeks ago because the last week was busy as hell because yep. people were panicking and throwing work at me and oh, freaking yeah. out. Don't I know um, it? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, uh, it was the Amazon office kitty corner from my offices was where the first Amazon employee came down with COVID um, related. Uh, symptoms and was confirmed positive so yeah um and we took us like finally uh governor the governor saying yeah we can't have more than 50 people in a gathering and my ceo finally realizing oh shit that means this office yeah to finally make some action like this is not just a flu motherfucker this is legitimately fucking up some people yeah like cuomo the the governor of new york like he he announced on the on you know his his press conference that they had today because of course you know I've been trying to you know keep myself sane by doing the mm-hmm. one things that I always love to do when I'm able to be home on a day which is all right I'm gonna watch Maury and failing that because my my TV <laughs> antenna kind of sucks and and has problems with Channel Eleven uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch The Price Is Right fair. Every single day this week has been interrupted by either fucking Andrew Cuomo giving a speech or Trump giving a speech. I won't let me watch the fucking prices right or the goddamn Maury. I hate it. This is why I had to stop watching daytime TV because they would do this all the time. 
during these situations where we have all the time in the world to actually sit down and watch, oh, no, we have to put a press conference out there and every network has to cover it. You can't even just let me have this one thing I wanted. You can't even just let me know if the man was the father or not. It turns out, actually, because I was able to to watch, like, the first 20 minutes of the episode before my antenna got all weird. Yes, no, he Mm -hmm. is the father. He he, He was definitely the father of all three children. Yeah, I mean, come on, they're almost always the father. Unless they're not. Yeah, unless they're not, but... And then they have those... really good dances. Yeah, I was going to say, they uh they get dances and you start to think about how this might be a problematic thing, cheering not being the father of somebody. And I mean, how we brought ourselves get... into a situation, and yeah, it's, it's problematic all around. Yeah, I'm going to say, Trace, if we're going to get into that, we're going to have to get into the, like, problematic nature of the show itself, which is mm-hmm. basically just, I mean, let's be honest, the Mari is basically just an excuse to watch fucking POC live out the fucking stereotypes of them that fucking asshole rich white people have of them. Yeah, I was going to say then problem is just then you you find out who their audience is and fortunately it almost feels like Ouroboros the problematic snake is devouring itself oh yeah no it's it's that's the fucking problem it's red meat for people that like have these fucking beliefs already and me who just likes absolute trash and has been watching this show since fucking like high school i remember fucking Mm -hmm. like literally in homeroom i would turn on the tv that we had in homeroom and just fucking put on maury and like Mm -hmm. get into fights with my classmates who were like insistent that we needed to watch like oh we need to watch the student unions video homeroom we need to watch this This is important like no we can watch maury though yeah fuck the student union what the fuck i was very liked in high school yeah well i mean actually i actually did have a bunch of friends in high school which is sad (laughs) that's fair but also i know you mean and also fuck those people they don't matter anymore they are probably all dead yeah i mean hey maybe they have COVID 19 who knows hopefully I'm not going to go that far, but I will say, you know, I wouldn't be. I I mean, I don't know any of them anymore. So if you're watching and I somehow knew you back then, why? Stop. (laughs) Go home. So. But yeah, no, it's. uh, I'm not going to criticize like Maury much more than just say that because I know. There are. It's okay to have problematic faves. Yeah, no, it's, it's trash, but it's my trash exactly that's the thing that's the thing with having problematic faves y'all like Mm -hmm. you can you could have horrible things that you like fuck that's most of the things i like my fucking i literally have a fucking like racist ass trauma poster in like signed and framed (laughs) in my fucking living room like Mm -hmm. it's look you just gotta fucking accept the fact that these things are fucking terrible and not make excuses for their fucking horrible things. And in fact, like, you know, be critical of the fact that they're fucked up and terrible. That doesn't mean you don't have to enjoy it. Right. I mean, this is how I was an NASCAR fan until 2015. Yeah, basically. Just accept that it's fucked up and that it should be better than this, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But anyway... But anyways, we should there's get the, the other problematic fave is wrestling. It sure is. But speaking of problematic faves, I will. I do feel like before we move on, I feel like it would yeah. be remiss to to not throw out there that yo, uh, shouts out to our to our lovable co-host Oscar. Oh yeah, who yeah, he's under quarantine right now. Yeah, it's it's pretty serious. Um, I don't think it's been confirmed yet for him. But no, it hasn't. It, he is definitely exhibiting all the symptoms and currently appears to have pneumonia. So. Oscar, we're pulling for you, pal. Yep. 
much love to you, Oscar. Stay safe. Feel better. We'll play some Fortnite a little later. Probably tomorrow when I'm bored. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Send all your love to Oscar, y'all, because he needs it. Yeah, please. He really does need it. I I feel bad for him, and I'm worried about him. Indeed. So, on that note, let's move on to our first topic, which is, yo, shit's fucked right now! It sure is. Uh, Did you have an event you wanted to see? It's probably not going on anymore. Hey, were you excited for WrestleMania weekend? The biggest, you know, weekend in all of wrestling, not just for WWE, but for like literally every indie show that books a thing around that time? Well, no. Yeah, so the Black Friday for professional wrestlers and their careers and livelihoods is now gone down the tubes. Yep. Basically, with WrestleMania weekend off, because WWE is now putting on a two-night show at the Performance Center on Saturday and Sunday, uh, mm-hmm. which means no Hall of Fame, no uh, NXT TakeOver, and basically none of the, the other shows surrounding you know the event. Because why would you be in Tampa when WWE is not going to be in Tampa anymore? And also, why would you do it when you can't, when, like, literally the government is telling you, don't have gatherings of over 50 people? Shit, my state, I don't even know if it's other place, you know, if it, I think it might even be CDC, like, you know, saying don't have gatherings of over 10 people. CDC is indeed suggesting you don't have those gatherings, which you kind of have to break that if you want to have camera crew commentary and uh, wrestlers out there. Yeah, I mean, shit, it's something that we're going to have to talk about with Dynamite tonight. Yeah, for sure, because, uh... Uh, heads up, they broke that rule. If uh, that were to be something made official and demanded on by government veterans, just suggested, there was a lot more than 10 people there. Yep. Wasn't 50, but was definitely more than 10. Definitely more than 10. Yeah, so this is basically everybody swarms around WrestleMania weekend with the exception of AEW because they've always said, hey, we're not going to mess with their weekend or whatever. Yep. Um. So last two years... Yeah, they always kind of let that be, though a bunch of the wrestlers that are not, you know, completely solely contracted to them will often take advantage of these weekends. And so it seems like the two responses have been either, well, we're canceling everything and refunding everything, or, well, we have to wait until force majeure kicks in because otherwise I'm going to have to pay the stuff anyways, even though I know nobody can possibly attend this and I'm going to go bankrupt. Yep. Which that almost happened with WrestleCon. Because very much like, you know, the venue that they had uh, at the the hotel in the Marriott was basically saying that we're not going to let you, we're not going to waive the cancellation fees. We're not going to waive any of the stuff, uh, even in light of what's happening. They were almost in the two, you know, in the pit for $100,000. Yeah, it was nasty. And I... I don't know what the contract stipulates, but they basically, the Marriott or whatever it was, was saying, hey, we know this event probably can't happen, but the contract says that it requires something. We don't think these are extending circumstances. It's number one, fuck you, Marriott. Fuck you, hotels, trying to pull that shit. Mm -hmm. But same token, like, I, I really hope that there is actually something there in the contract that maybe stipulated that. But on the same token, to fight that, you need lawyers and you need stuff that probably costs just as fucking much money. And I hate the system that this is all around. But on the bright side, it's all been worked out. 
Like the WrestleCon tweeted earlier that apparently, like you know, they they were able to work out something with uh, both the Marriott and the New York Yankees, who I guess apparently owns like whatever you know weird venue that they were going to be performing in. That is super strange. Yeah, but basically they worked they worked things out with them, and you know, Yankees and uh, and the Marriott waived all the fees and everything, and they also made us a little shout out to uh, Chris Jericho who was blowing this story up on Twitter pretty much. And they even said in the tweet that it's like, Hey, both part, all the parties pretty much said that, you know, that Chris Jericho's blowing them up on Twitter had nothing to do with this, but we still appreciate it. Which to me says like, yeah, um, we don't want to mention that he kind of owned us, but he did. Yeah. No, if they're even going to acknowledge it instead of just being Mm -hmm. like, what are you talking about? Like, Mm -hmm. if they're even willing to acknowledge it and say, no, that didn't have an effect, it clearly had an effect. Yeah, and they're just saying it, so please don't do that again. That actually actually could have been real bad for us. Like, yeah, it could have been, you motherfuckers, you greedy sons of bitches. Turns out. Fuck around and find out. Don't fuck over WrestleCon. Yeah, exactly. So good on Chris for blowing it up, because, like, that that was such a shitty position to put WrestleCon in. And WrestleCon has done some phenomenal matches in the past. Yep. And, yeah, fuck hotel chains that try to go past force majeure like this indeed this is just fucking disaster capitalism and it's absolute worst it is but while that's good news for wrestlecon there's still some bad news for a lot of other places like Mm -hmm. say for example gcw because they also had a show they had joey janelle's spring break they sure did and that's off yeah i mean i've I don't know what they can do there. And I think the biggest chain there is we're definitely not going to get Orange Cassidy going up against Minoru Suzuki. Yeah. Like, when can you even book that at this point? Like, hey, maybe you can find some time during the fucking, like, you know, the Tokyo Olympics or something. Yeah, maybe. Like, I know that, like, if he was allowed to, I'm sure Minoru Suzuki wouldn't give a shit because he's a grumpy old man. Yeah. And give him the right arena and give him the right time. But... Also, you can't sell an event solely on that, no matter how good they both are. It's true. So that definitely so, yeah, messes that's up a this bomb. show. Mm-hmm. It sure does. I will say also that GCW um, had a, I think it was this weekend, um, had a really good kind of like final show until we have to figure out what we're doing going forward. Yeah. And they had a really good speech on, you know, we, our, our hearts are out to everybody else affected by this. We're going to do everything we can to keep going. Yep. That was a they, they did a really great speech, and if you can find it out there, it it's really excellent. Mm-hmm. And then totally is yeah. Uh, I don't know what else. Uh, Ring of Honor, like they of course had SuperCard of Honor that they were planning for Tampa. They're, yep, they you know, sure were. Where they're going to have a bunch of New Japan people still, and you know a bunch of like crossover talent. Mm-hmm. Now instead, Ring of Honor has basically canceled every single show until June, just like NWA did. Yeah, because you kind of have to at this point if you can possibly, again, back out everything because good luck getting fans in there. Which, and yeah. I feel like this is especially a problem for Ring of Honor because, you know, their whole thing, that this has basically been their relaunch. Like, this is them trying to mm-hmm. say, no, yeah. we got, we're, we're putting Marty in a position of power. We're going to try and move forward past all of this stuff. And now they can't even fucking do anything with it. They've completely lost their momentum. And, mm -hmm. you know, hopefully they can get it back. But, like, this is a hard blow, definitely. Yeah, I don't know how 
they're going to necessarily bounce back from it. They're going to have have a major relaunch. And how do you work the finances on that where now people are going to be uneasy with crowds potentially for a very long time to come? Yeah. Like, I, I think I almost feel like, and I hate to say this, that the economics of wrestling is going to have to drastically change into a more donation crowdfunded manner for a while. Yep. Which and it fucking sucks. It does fucking suck, and it's it's a terrible thing that it has to be put in that position. But I mean, mm-hmm. thankfully, it seems like a lot of you know companies are kind of trying to adapt to that. Which right? Hey, if you want to know what you can do to help out with all these indie companies that are really struggling right now, here's some thoughts. So first, you have something that you wrote here, Trace. Yeah. So. I, I think they might be also getting a bit of advantage because they were like one of the first ones out of the gate with this idea. But WrestleTalk, which I don't recommend necessarily as a video source, but they did put together a really good card on Monday, which they called No Fans Monday. And it was just a small, empty arena with a kind of a small ring, to be honest. And they just had a bunch of good indie performers that were in England at the time, or somewhere in the UK at least, and had a decent card. During the whole time, like David Starr fought a rookie that had gotten a scholarship to continue training for wrestling from Russell Talk. So apparently they're getting some amount of money and I'm not aware of it. That's really cool. But and that was a good match. It was a decent match. Like and of course, David Starr will support something like that because number one, he's in the area. And number two, this is the kind of shit he does. Um, on top of that, they had a baller ass main event that I think everybody should seek out and watch. Because it is better than it should be, and on paper it doesn't even look that great, given what you might have seen in other matches. Mm. But I will assure you that the main event of Bea Priestley versus Will Ospreay, boyfriend versus girlfriend, was actually fucking amazing. That does sound pretty fun, actually. It, it was really fun, and I, I'll say this. like Bea Priestley works better when she has someone she can trust as much as she can trust with Will. You can tell they train together. Mm. Um, they had a lot of ideas for moves and stuff, and she had one of maybe the six, sickest bumps I've seen. I don't even know if it was intentional or if she just flat-backed onto hard outside wooden floor. Ooh. Off of, like, what basically was meant to be, like, a turnbuckle drop kick of sorts. Dang. All right? I don't know if it was a drop kick. It was maybe a DDT, actually, onto the apron, and then landed outside the ring, flat on her back. But there were a bunch of really neat inventive spots. Bree Priestley did cheeky Nando's on Will Ospreay. That was also fun. Um, <laughs> All right. But, the whole, but also the whole time during this, Will Ospreay is like taking advantage of his New Japan training and shooting his mouth off and just being a mouthy son of a bitch. As you do. And it, it's entertaining as fuck. All and I right. also, also had a good speech afterwards. The real key I also want to bring in here is that during this whole time, they had donations open while they were live streaming this. And basically saying, hey, if you donate money, you'll help pay our wrestlers. And that also the proceeds from merch will go to them and things like that. But if you just donate to this, we'll split this between the talent. And I think at the end of the show, they'd raised about 9,800 pounds. Um, it's now up to like 12,000. That's awesome. Which, that's great. Yeah, that definitely pays everybody and allows them to run more shows like that. Because I'm sure, you know, depending on how you how they're paid or how they're asking, like... You know, that could be quite a bit of money split between all of them, but no matter, like, pay the fucking people. Pay the men. Exactly. So, for and, people uh, that want to check this out, uh, where mm-hmm. where can they find this and where can they donate? Do you know? Um, I don't know where you can donate exactly. I'm sure if you go to YouTube, 
Um, there is probably on the WrestleTalk channel, you can seek this out. Um, I can almost guarantee, and I'll just double check it right now while we're talking, uh, WrestleTalk, uh, No Fans Monday, I believe. Um, yes, WrestleTalk, No Fans Monday, it is the first result. Will right, Ospreay perfect. versus Via Priestley. And there's a thing about, I think the donate thing, um, I don't know how the hell you donate, but going forward, I'm sure they will describe that for any future shows. Trust me, they're good on this one. Good. Well, that's perfect. And mm-hmm. and it's great that they're trying this, like, you know, and a bunch of other companies are trying this too, you know. For one, mm-hmm. uh, Black Label Pro, who's one of the, you know, the many companies part of the collective that include, like, mm-hmm. you know, Beyond Wrestling, GCW, basically any of the companies that you would see on, like, uh, independent wrestling TV. Right. Uh, and, in fact, they're going to be running on March 28th, uh, that fr- that Saturday night, uh, Black Label Pro Empty Arena, which they're they're basically doing the same thing. They're doing an an empty arena show, uh, airing it live on uh, IWTV, uh, mm-hmm. and it, it's going to be donation based. And I think that's great. Like, if you see people you want to support there, go fucking pay the people like you would if you were going to buy a ticket. You Absolutely. Know? And understand that it's very likely that's going to go much more directly, especially now there's much more need for it. To the people actually performing. Mm-hmm. Like, also, just as a side, go buy fucking merch for the wrestlers you like. Now, especially, if you're ever waffling on, like, a t-shirt of someone you like, go fucking buy it now if you have the money and the means. Yeah, like, now is the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Far be it from us to ever say good things about capitalism, but right. if you are ever going to be a good consumer at any point in your life, now is the fucking time. Especially right. if it's, like, you know, supporting, like, actual indie artists who, like, need this shit. You don't need to fucking give money to WWE. No, don't give them any money. They have more than enough to last them through this and then some. But other places, and even AEW has enough to last it through and then some. So I'm yeah. not saying them necessarily would support some of their wrestlers. Might be nice, but think more about the independents, the people who aren't in the big two. Exactly. And also, let me just stress, I say if you have the means, if you are struggling through this all, we're with you. Don't spend your money on stuff you don't need yet. Yeah, for God's sakes, I feel like that goes without saying. Like, if you're yeah. if you're hard up, if you're struggling, like, you know, don't, don't, come on, dude, take care of yourself. Yeah, like, I, I know there's some people out there who will put too much money into Patreon or GoFundMe or something like that. Take care of yourself first. You are yeah. important. You are the priority. We love you and you are important to us. Like, fucking take care of yourself. This It's yeah. just wrestling. Yep. Attack for the next generation. Don't kill yourself for them. But there is one company that's going a different route with trying to get money here. Speaking of Patreon and that sort of thing, yeah, this might be the example of where this doesn't work at this point. So, RevPro, the yeah. biggest indie in the UK. I would think so. The home of the British heavyweight champion, Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, it's actually Will Ospreay now. He oh, Zach, fuck, you're right. It is Will Ospreay now. Yeah, but no, it's like, even then, they had ZSJ and Will Ospreay. That's kind of their home territory at the moment. Yep. You know, aside from New Japan. Yeah, aside from New Japan, but like New Japan like is only their home because... They pay more in their higher profile. Not wrong. <laughs> but yeah, no, go on. Sorry. Yeah, Rev, uh, Rev Pro launched a Patreon, I believe, earlier today. 
Yep, I believe that's the case. And uh, um, they have an a, update. They have a goal on there that says we want to get fifty people who love wrestling to support us. Um, yeah, that's a that's a reasonable goal. I think they should have hit it by um, John. Yes, Trace. Um, I'm looking at how many people supported them over today. Uh huh. Um, it's it's still at seven patrons. Oh jeez. It's that that's dire. So, I've seen people make goddamn MP3s for people make way more than that. The first time that that you brought this to our attention, which was this morning, which presumably mm-hmm. it had been up for a little while because, you know, presumably it went up sometime in the, the morning or after, or like, you know, yeah, in, around Yeah, in fairness, uh, shout outs to Owen. He's um, the one who brought up the actual patron itself, or Patreon itself. I'm oh, I the see. one who brought up the account. Yeah. As you pointed out this morning, they had one patron. Just one. And it's not like these are unreasonable levels. They've got like one where you can just pay five pounds a month. I, that's not bad. Yeah. Like I, I know it's not like super cheap in terms of like you convert that to USD. I think that's probably close to nine ninety nine. Might be the Maybe. pound is doing some weird shit right now. Yeah, I actually need to check this out because I guess like, oh, never mind. Um, oh boy. Uh, economy. It's a uh, basically like five bucks is like five seventy four. Okay, <laughs> that's way closer than it used to be. It, it yeah. I don't want to sh- talk about the graph too much, but uh, oh boy, that's just like dropping a Fortnite. Fucking th- thanks, Brexit. Yeah, yikes. So that actually seems way more reasonable now, but people still are not jumping on that. Like. And admittedly, they don't have much content up there right now, and they have said as much in like their first day post. It's like, please bear with us. We're learning how to use Patreon. We don't know how this works, but we're going to upload content here, we swear. And seven people have said, okay, we believe you. Which, given their arenas, typically doesn't seem good, John. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a lot. Also, why the fuck isn't New Japan's parent company helping him out or something like that? I mean, look, let's be honest, it's New Japan. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's true. Shit. They'll take your talent that they like, but other than that, they don't really care. Weird how that works. Weird how it's actually been called out by uh, certain people that, yeah, we would love to work with New Japan, but they just take our talent. They don't send anybody our way. Yeah, strange. (sighs) So, yeah, um... That might be a situation where I have a feeling that one, unless it changes dramatically or has just a really slow burn on it, like a good old Ubisoft game burn. <laughs> um, I mean, it's going to have to be like a Rainbow Six kind of. It takes four years, but then it's making bank upon bank upon bank. Have they figured um, that out with For Honor yet? And For Honor, not really. It kind of was like they got it to a point where it was like okay for a while mm. and then it petered out, but they're still trying. Bless their souls. I mean, shit, they're still trying with uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands. I wish they wouldn't. Or wait, no. I, I thought Wildlands was the good one. Uh, Wildlands is okay. Um, I thought Breakpoint was the one everyone hated. Oh, right. It's actually Breakpoint. You're right. Yeah, that yeah. one they should just give up on. They should. Um, but 
if we want to get real here and aside from everything, Ubisoft is still putting faith in the crew too, and that game had some fucking major problems. I don't even know who the hell plays it. I honestly forgot that the crew two even existed. You, you should because it was kind of a, it had fun mechanics, but it was a miserable game outside those mechanics. I really can't believe that's what they have fucking reflections doing. Like for God's sakes, especially after like Driver San Francisco was such a weird and cool fucking thing. And that's what sucks is like the driving and the even the flying in that game is fucking fun, but it's just. It, everything around it, like the AI, the missions, the, and everything like that. And even the cities themselves are trying to make them interesting and stuff. They're not fun. Like, and they were fun in the original one because it's more like gritty and everything. And this one's like trying to be colorful and bright. And then you Wait, kind of take a deeper look inside. No, 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 gritty's not in any of them. Oh, man. If, if so, the crew two would have rebounded by now. Like, Philadelphia would be like the home center of everything. Fair enough. But no. Um, but yeah, no, it's like you kind of take a look at the sheen on top and you look inside and it's like, there's no soul here. Mm. It's just fun driving, even more fun flying and everything else. Nothing else. Yep. Much like the RevPo Patreon right now. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. So, yeah, go I'm support hoping... RevPro or not because you're definitely Look, I... not. Yeah, right now you're not. I'm going to be honest with you, John. I ain't supporting him. I mean, I don't – honestly, I don't even really know anything about RevPro other than just, you know, their their New Japan connections. I mean, I'm still mulling over whether I should keep paying for NGPW World at this point or if I should just cut that out until the new events again. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. That's the problem. Actually, no, I do yeah. remember one other thing about RevPro is they had the fucking, you know, they had that big problem with the ref. Oh, shit. That's where they had the ref that got the shit being out of him last year in the awful, awful spectacle. Yep. And they had to move on that because if they didn't, then New Japan would probably stop sending talent over. Yep. They probably yeah. did get New Japan being like, uh, what the fuck? I think so. Yeah. Eek. Eek. That was... Well, now I'm definitely not supporting their asses. Like, I know they've gotten better and everything, but, like, I know those workers can be elsewhere, and I'll support them elsewhere. Yep. Like, I'd probably support over the top sooner than them. Fair enough. So, yeah. But definitely, definitely watch that Black Label show if you can over it. At, uh, I think it's independentwrestling.tv or just yeah. IWTV, whatever. Just look it up. I don't fucking know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to... Take a look at that now that you mentioned it, because I've been seeing some hubbub about that, and I'm interested. Yeah, and Black Label Pro has done some cool things in the past. And just as a reminder, like, go fucking support the merch of your independent, actually independent wrestlers. Like, I'm probably going to buy a couple t-shirts going forward. Like, I don't know, something from We The Independent, because there's some baller-ass t-shirts there. Do it, coward. Yeah, do it. I'm gonna. Hooray! (laughs) <laughs> like i'll be honest i've been reading a lot of david star the last couple of days and i'm becoming a very big fan of his yep we're all being radicalized by david star in these trying times it's the nice he's, thing he's a good dude even if he can come across as like a cm punk asshole but in like the good ways hey i've said it before and i'll say it again i'd rather be right than be liked that's how he goes and you know what i'm down with it exactly so I guess beyond all that, we actually did have a little bit of 
wrestling we normally talk about here? Yeah, I mean, I guess now's the part where we talk about what might be the last Dynamite for a while. Because they sure yeah, so, were talking this week like they're, they're confident they're going to be back next week. Yeah, I don't think they know for sure. And they don't think anybody knows for sure right now, given what's been going on and how fast this has all been escalating. I feel like WWE um, seems pretty sure that they'll be able to do shows. But Although, the, by the same maybe token. Maybe not really. Yeah. Considering the same NXT token, though, this week. NXT didn't have a real show this week. Let's be clear about this. Like, yeah, I didn't watch it, but like I read about what happened and apparently it seems like it seems like ha- almost half of the show was a recap of the fucking Tomasa Tomp- Ciampa Johnny Gargano story, which did they actually have any real matches that we know of? I was told that there weren't going to be any matches on that show. No. So, again, like you have an empty arena that you have full control over. It's not like something where, I mean, WWE, let's face it, they've got enough money. They can basically say, no, you can't come in and spill government people. We're going to continue to sequester all our wrestlers and pretend that we're doing the CDC instructions of no more than 10 people in a room. Yeah. And it'll be bullshit, but they'll probably get away with it. Mm-hmm. Prove it, Tom. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, AEW Dynamite took place at Daly's place, and I'm not convinced they can get away with the same thing because even before this episode, we were being told... Yeah, Daly's place isn't allowed to hold events anymore until, like, this all blows over. Which, maybe, still... this, maybe this counts as, doesn't count as an event because it's, you know, look, they own it, the venue, so it's, you know, it's just, they're putting on a, they're just doing a, filming a show that they own there. Right, exactly, and I, I feel like they can basically, they've got this and they've got a bunch of stuff for the Jacksonville Jaguars, they've probably got some quote-unquote safe spaces they can host these events that will be outside the purview of the government maybe Heavy i didn't maybe. even think about that about like you know the, the jaguars training combines and stuff like yeah maybe that could work they, they could put them anywhere now the problem is is like the local government can step in and still say we know what you're doing that's two people in a gathering that's technically like a business meeting stop and i have a feeling that they, especially being a newer company, won't be able to get away with it as much. And they kind of phrased it like that when they were talking in their opening promo. Cody had a really good opening promo to both align the situations in the world with what's going to happen at Blood and Guts. And just the on... dark ring that they had it set up with just looks yeah. so good. But sorry, I didn't mean yeah. to get out there. Oh, no, no. It's like it, the scenery of it, like everything else was dark around them and just the ring. And he basically made it clear there, like, we don't know if we're going to have a show next week. And that is a little terrifying. Like, even just the way that him saying of like, this might just be the last episode of Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Which we know it will come back. Like, yeah, there is no... Uh, TNT will drag them back kicking and screaming yeah, at some TNT point. Yeah, TNT will fucking make this happen if they have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, let's not forget, we have corporate interests working for them here, for better or for worse. To say nothing of the fact that, you know, hey, they're owned by fucking billionaires. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm pretty sure that Shad Khan would be willing to open up the, ch- the checkbook a little bit for, to, you know, to make up because, like, hey... This isn't your fault. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
And I think furthermore, especially if we see how the ratings come out this week, that'll really inspire whether or not they're going to continue on this or try for this or try something like that. I think I I have a good feeling about the ratings, especially because, you know, the ratings were pretty damn good for Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, I'm just going to put it out there. I bet this is going to be one of the best shows for AEW if the crowd holds. If not this week, then if they do make it the next week, next week will be really good. And I honestly hope so, because I I will throw it out there. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that this is actually one of the best episodes they've done. I was I don't know if it, I was mm-hmm. enamored with this episode. I think this episode was unique as hell. It was smart and without a doubt, I don't know if I'd call it my best just for wrestling quality and stuff like that. But in terms of what they were up against, I think they knocked it out of the park for what they were doing and how they're handling everything. It was one of the smartest taking a terrible situation and turning it into gold. Exactly. Um, and, and that's what it is for me is just like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I completely agree with you. The wrestling eh, was hit and miss and, you know, some places it was good. Some places it was, you know, fine. Like I'm not, yeah. it wasn't, it definitely wasn't a banger of a week in terms of like, you know, the content, but just mm-hmm. the amount, like you said, just the smart way that they did it, just the amount of creativity they had in making this feel, making this still feel like a fucking wrestling show in a way that like, you know, it, this feels like a fun, cool thing happening in a way that, like, with WWE, mm-hmm. th- the past two, like, you know, Raw and SmackDown, it's just been fucking comical. Like, you know, yeah. it's the thing that Oscar and I were talking about in private about, like, you know, did you see, like, any of the stuff from Raw, like, with The Undertaker? I didn't see the uh, the full thing from The Undertaker. I did hear the jokes about it being his shortest entrance ever. It's just, but- like, the way that they do it, they make it, fe- mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways, like, Oscar's right, it feels like a fucking Eric Andre sketch. It does. And that's the thing is like, I feel like WWE doesn't know how to handle this. And what's been going around in like people who don't watch wrestling circles that I follow, who know I watch it and they've been catching wind of stuff, has been the Steve Austin thing from Raw has been going around where he's doing crowd pops and nobody's reacting except for Byron the one time. And that's even sadder. That's like, that's also Eric Andre as hell. Yep. I mean, at least that had, you know, at least that had, like, the actual, I want to believe, was a knowing Eric Andre moment of, give me a hell yeah, empty chairs. (laughs) Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, it it, it might be funny in their heads, but it it kind of doesn't come across what people are like, you know, this is amusing, but at the same time, it's kind of a shame. Yeah, like, compare that to Mm -hmm. this week's Dynamite, where... They have a they have wrestlers in the ring like not really playing to the crowd just like doing it more like they're having like an actual fight here mm-hmm. while fucking MJF and Sean Spears are fucking gambling just like the weird the heels are just hanging out just watching in fucking fights happen just because they can no reason yeah. they just want to be there and then a bunch of baby faces show up and then like you know and and that's the thing that I really did love about this episode too yeah. is that there was a build like to the point that mm-hmm. yeah it's like it starts off with just all right here's mjf and his and fucking sean spears betting on matches trying mm-hmm. to get tony involved yeah exactly and they did such a great job with that and mjf dialed back his douchiness just enough to let that be comical in the best way 
but you had them in the crowd. MJF was hype as hell, and the entire time you could hear him. Stupid things. Oh yeah, like it was. He was himself making it feel like there was an atmosphere there, and he and Spears and just the other people around there, like. Eventually, by the end, you had QT Marshall there, you had Dustin Rhodes, you had yeah. Austin Gunn and screaming like, his head off. Like, that's the thing that I really want to establish here is just, like, how smart it was the way they built it. It's like, yeah, because, yeah you start, it's just MJ, it's just MJF and Sean Spears, like, mm-hmm. hanging out ringside, you know, talking to Tony Schiavone. And then yep. you get another angle at it, and it's just, okay, and there's there's Tully Blanchard and, and Wardlow just hanging out behind and watching. Yep. And then here's Jake the Snake and fucking Lance Archer, too. Yep, indeed. And then suddenly, here's Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. And then here's a bunch of baby faces, also. Yeah, Sonny Kiss was in the crowd. Sonny Kiss actually got to be on Dynamite. Not, you know, on Dynamite, but, you know, sort of. It's good to see him. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. And it's like, yeah, then you also had Joey Janela just hanging out. You had eventually, um, yeah, you just had yeah, a couple QT other. And Dustin. Yeah, QT and Dustin. You also had the best friends after their match Cole showed Cabana. up in the crowd. Cole Cabana was there, absolutely. It's And, oh, yeah, all the others of SCU were there hanging uh, out. Not Scorpio for some reason. Uh, Scorpio, yeah, was not there for some reason. But Frankie and uh, Christopher Daniels, um, I guess, if, what was there? It was the addiction, wasn't it, when it was just them? I think so. I, I can't remember. I they they've been a tag team longer, and when Scorpio's with them, yeah. But regardless, I, Scorpio wasn't there for some reason. Um, there were a couple of people that weren't there, and some of the rumors going around is they were worried they weren't feeling well or they might have issues. So mm. they just said, "We'll play it safe. We'll stay back." Marco Stunt, I can confirm, definitely said he was not feeling well. So, um, any word on pack? Uh, no word. I would just assume that's probably a case of travels, a pain in the ass. Yeah, probably. S- same reason why Justin Roberts wasn't there. Apparently, he couldn't make travel work out from, because I think he's in Arizona. Which, I mean, you know what? Honestly, I think that's fair. Like, you know, mm-hmm. especially when, you know, you're in Florida, you already have a bunch of people that, like, either live pretty local to there or mm-hmm. just straight up live there, like fucking Jericho, who I-, I will say I actually was, I was surprised that he was on this week. Yeah, me too. I thought he wasn't going to be there, and then all of a sudden, just comes out there in the final segments. It's like, oh, hey, there he is. Yep. And also, just as an aside to like a storyline that we may have mentioned in the past, I don't know if it was on the podcast or not, um, we have since found out that Kenny Omega also currently lives in Florida. Right, yeah. So, he was there. Yeah. Even though he can't perform, he has a broken hand still and all. Um, but yeah, it's... There was a bunch of, like, the crowd was smart. What was also smart is, like, they always place in the past when they had, like, the stage area for, like, where the concerts go. Normally, they've got a bunch of seats there. Yeah, they're, they're selling seats on the stage. Like, right. And it, this is definitely something I, I, I was saying in our private chat here. It's like, mm-hmm. when they don't have to, when they don't have to worry about making money on selling mm-hmm. seats, they book a way better looking show. Like, I think this is the best that Daily's Place has ever looked. Absolutely, I agree. It was like that stage, they had finally the dual entrances, um, as they've had before. They just walked them onto the stage and had a ramp to the ring. It was way smarter. And then the hard cam is not looking at empty seats. Yep. Like you said, which is 
great. That it's, is super smart. It's a muted. It's that's the thing. It's like it's a muted setup based on what they've done in the past. But of like course. it just again, yeah, for the type of show that they're doing, it still makes it look big and exciting and cool. Mm-hmm. In a way that yeah, yeah, like just WWE hasn't hasn't done. No, WWE's made it look like, well, we don't have any options here. And AEW's kind of like, fuck you. We have video screens still. We got lights. We got everything we need. We're still going to put this on. We got Pyro. We got fucking wrestlers to just hang out. Yeah. And again, wrestlers just hanging out looks amazing. I mean, it's just, it feels like they're just their buddy-buddy to work together. And yes, of course, the heels are on one side and the faces are on the other. That's how the shit works still. It is still kayfabe to an extent. But it worked fantastically. And also, I will point out, I think putting Taz in commentary and let Shivani wander around and talk added a lot more energy to the commentary that they needed to keep there from being any dead air. I do have to, before we move on, give mm-hmm. some missives from the quarantine zone. Because Oscar mm-hmm. is saying that the Dynamite setup looks so good and having some sort of an audience also helped a lot. Which, absolutely, it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, just even if it were like probably it was like 12 people maybe 15 at most hanging out there it, that's still fantastic yeah again it still made things lively here it like mm-hmm. you know the fact that they like we said they had that build up so to when we're in the main event to like you know decide who gets the advantage going into fucking blood and guts like yep. you have you basically have a small crowd trying their damnedest to do like all the fucking cody chants and all the elite chants and like mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, it's just fucking, like, Colt Cabana and, like, SCU and, you know, their friends. But, like, it still makes it work. It still makes it fun. It still keeps the fucking kayfabe of, like, you know, yeah, they're just the, you know, the other wrestlers that aren't having matches tonight or are, you know, already have their matches. They want to see their the people that they like and they want to see cool stuff. Yeah, ag- absolutely. It, it, it worked out in a way you can see that all the wrestlers are buying to their own product. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I cannot speak highly enough about it. If we have to be stuck with this kind of show for the, however long in the future, I don't, even, I don't even want to talk about how long they could potentially be. This is the way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Like completely. WWE agree. take note, you know, we've joked in the past about like having wrestlers sitting in the crowd and then come out of the crowd for the match. Just have wrestlers aren't being used hanging out there. Yeah, why like, not? As if they as if they want to be out there. Just let them be out there. Like, fuck, you know, Super Junior's final, this stuff, where it's just people hanging out, maybe not right at the ring like they do there, but in the crowd cheering on and playing their roles. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, um, and also I will point out, Oscar, we definitely have covered this, but just as emphasis, Everything for promos did say next dynamite instead of next week. And that is a great point. And it makes me so sad. It does. And I understand it. I get it. But, oh, man. Yeah, I just, I hope that it's next week. Like, it it sucks that Blood and Guts is not going to happen in front of a live audience. Mm -hmm. But same token, just get it out of the way and continue on knowing that you're probably going to have a new normal that you're going to have to adjust to. And you can have a second blood and guts when you can get back to having crowds. And no, you're fine, Oscar. Don't worry. Yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah. I just, so, look, again, mm-hmm. I know that this is selfish of me to say, but I'm going to say mm-hmm. it. Look, you already fucking took blood and guts away from me, a from me getting to see it. Don't fucking make it so I can't even watch it on my birth the day before my birthday. Yeah, agreed. Like, just, I want it to happen next week, and there's no reason they can't do it again later in the year. Just let me fucking have this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Make it happen. God damn it. But anyway, yeah, they made a show happen, as we said, uh, including mm-hmm. after that promo, we had the best friends versus, uh, I don't even know how to say it. Triangle uh, de los Muertes? Uh, Triangular de los Muertes? I don't know. I Death vagina. Death, tri- death triangle. They need to try and bullet club up and not ever say the death triangle like JR is saying it. Yep. Like, the death triangle. The triangle of death. The triangle that what caused the death to the humans. Um, by God! But, by God! But it's Best Friends versus the Lucha Bros. And they've done this before. It's a good match. Um, the Lucha Bros are phenomenal. The Best Friends somehow managed to carry people to good matches. Even though the, really all they're good for is having great charisma in the ring. They're good I mean, hands. They're good. They're good hands. I don't want to get a chair shot to the head for that, but they are good hands. And yeah, so naturally, as one would expect, Lucha Bros got to get the win because Death Triangle got to rise. Yeah. Again, best friends, good hands, but also mostly a delivery mechanism for Orange Cassidy at this point. Pretty much. Who was yeah. on commentary the entire time in what I feel like was basically. They watched. They watched the fucking Rey Mysterio Andrade match from Raw, where Asuka was just on commentary, fucking screaming absolute nonsense for all of it, and said, "What if we just did the diametric opposite of this?" Which was so so good. I, I just cannot stress enough how much I appreciate Orange Cassidy basically being asleep during the entire time, and every time they cut to him, he'd be asleep. Yep. Just nothing. Mm-hmm. Which I will also say, I do appreciate what Asuka was doing during that Raw. Like, that is, it's so stupid. And I think she understands that she's got nothing to lose now. And so she's just going balls out for everything. Oh, yeah. No. Like, that That was shit was hilarious. I loved every minute mm-hmm. of that. Yep. And Oscar is saying Orange Cassidy Wrestler of the Year. He's up um, there. You know, early on. In the year, if we don't get many more matches, I'd say he's top 10. So, stay tuned on that one. We, we also had a four-way. The year of Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Orange Cassidy wins by default, 2020. I did I did really enjoy uh, Orange Cassidy doing the fucking coffin drop off of the fucking... Yo, you're not wrong. Stage. His, his little pocket dive off the stage into uh, the Leech Bros. That was very good. Um, it, it, again, this match delivered the spots it needed to. Yep, Orange it, Cassidy, I'm not you're gonna, dope. It wasn't one. And again, none of the matches this week made me you know drop my jaw or something like that. But it was a fun, solid match. And amidst everything, when I was just taking in the scenery, this was a good match to have. Yeah. Absolutely. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Mm -hmm. And the right people won. So what the fuck else do you say? Yeah, exactly. 
then we had um, a match that I feel like is really highlighting how much differences we're getting within the women's division. Hey, actually, before um, we talk about this, though, can I just say before we move yeah, on? Go right ahead. The fucking Chirons this week. Yo, they were on spot. They were so good. Fucking between Brandy's fucking said she would never do ring announcing again. Mm-hmm. To <laughs> Hangman oh, Page's God. social distancing since November, which hard fucking same, bro. Yeah, and also keep in mind, we kind of made, maybe glossed over it. Adam Handswash Page. <laughs> That's his new nickname now, I Handswash. Jericho even called him that. Yeah, it's like apparently everybody's now jokingly calling him that. So shit, okay, let's go with that for the time being. Um, I mean, it's less offensive than Hangman. Uh, God damn it. Um, yeah, anyway. Karen's wrong point. Um I, I will say maybe talking about people who weren't so much on point. Um, Penelope Ford and Riho. Um, they were also joined by Chris Statlander and Akar Shida, who both did great jobs, I think. Yeah, I thought they um, both looked really good. Yeah, Riho wasn't bad. It's just she's starting to, I think, maybe... I, I feel like her shine is starting to fade a little bit. And Penelope Ford... Looks good overall, but has some really sloppy spots that were maybe awkward, including maybe one of the worst misses on a flying hurricane run I've seen in the last couple months. Yeah. Penelope Ford, I just, I, I just don't, I just don't get, I just don't get her as a wrestler, I will mm-hmm. say. Like, I understand her appeal as, you know, Joey Janela's former valet, now Kip Sabian's valet, and that whole storyline they've done there. But yeah, she's just not that great in the ring. I think she really needs to lean to the idea of being a cheating piece of shit like they were trying to do with Brandy, except she can wrestle better than Brandy. So yeah, let her I own that like with she Kip. She can sell that more. Yeah, and Kip's a very good wrestler, so she can cheat for him, he can cheat for her, and you know she will undeservedly rise up the ladder and get title shots, things of that nature. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, trying to do more third at this point. Uh, she needs way more practice. Yes. Um, Riho, I think, just needs to kind of maybe be on the sidelines for a while. Just give her time to rest because she'll pop a crowd. But, hey, there's no crowds right now anyway. So who gives a shit? Yeah. And um, I, I did think it was especially a weird call when, like, because mm-hmm. they, they're even saying it on commentary. Like, hey, you literally just did Penelope Ford and Riho on Dark, on the episode of Dark that you dropped yesterday Mm -hmm. like i know extenuating circumstances you just gotta get like whoever you can get but Mm -hmm. and you didn't necessarily and you you know look let's be fair like if the match was just gonna be sheeta and statlander you don't want statlander taking a pin right now no but you could have ford there taking a pin which spoilers (laughs) hey spoilers cross sheeta pinned penelope ford yeah, which is exactly what should have happened. But you didn't need Riho there. You could just put her on the sidelines and said, well, Penelope Ford beat Riho to get into this match. Done. Um, But that aside, decent match usually. It just shows that Karushita and Chris Statlander are probably your top two ladies in the entire division right now. They're both very good. Karushita especially right now is starting to find her stride. Yeah. And I think she's finally figuring out how to work with a more Americanized style. So 
cool. All for it. She yeah. is going she's going to be a superstar when she wins the title. And Statlander for like, you know, all of her, you know, still maybe a little sloppiness in the ring at times. Like yeah. she's just got such an infectious character and it's just so fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. She is she has a lot more charisma than people give her credit for. Mm-hmm. So I'm down for it. Also, little thing I want to point out here I didn't make a note of. Um, after the match, I interviewed Cole Cabana, and he did reference, hey, at least no nobody bit each other during this match. <laughs> no vampires in this match yet. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Cabana. We we get it. Chena Bays are and all. The world is a vampire. Set to drain. God, I'm so glad that Oscar isn't here to tell us about this fucking terrible fucking Marvel shit that he was telling me about earlier. Oh, no, I don't. I don't know if I want to hear this yet. There's something Actually, about like a superhero kid who's a vampire and his gimmick is that he listens to old music, i.e. Sorry, right. The name is B negative. And as Oscar says, the world is a vampire and so am I. Um... His gimmick is letting, that he likes the Smashing Pumpkins. Why are we letting nine-year-olds write Marvel comic books now? I mean, that's not even getting into the the twin characters that Oscar was telling me about, Safe Space and Snowflake. I'm not fucking kidding. That's their names. Oh, oh I'm going to touch my face. I shouldn't touch my face, but I gotta. Look, I've been putting my hand in my mouth this entire episode because I just want to die. Why are we doing this? Why are we here just to suffer with these horrible characters? Every day I can feel my leg. Speaking um, of eternal suffering. Yeah, so. Um, Butcher so, and Blade versus Jurassic Express. Is that what we want to talk about now? Oh, shit. Yeah, I I, I thought about the, the other one after that. But yeah, no, let's talk about that first. Let's go in let's order. Just, let's give it a real quick spot of like, do you care on this one? Um, I mean, Jurassic Express won because MJF called, tried to call a finish for Butcher and Blade before they were ready. And uh, otherwise, it was actually interesting Little having MJF have someone there he could root for and scream at. Yeah. This is and a, Jurassic Express looks good. I, this was a fun match, but it wasn't, it wasn't great. No, it wasn't. And really, and, honestly, you know, I've said it before, say it again, Butcher and Blade really need a win. They really need to win in their... Yeah, it's like they look really bad right now. And maybe some of that is deserved because there were a couple really botchy spots there. And I think the the funniest one, though, is at the end, Luchasaurus helps with... Jungle Boy's help hits a finish. Jungle Boy goes out to do a suicide dive on the blade. Realizes the blade is not, or I'm sorry, the butcher is outside at this point because the blade got the finisher right on because he's a tiny guy. And so Jungle Boy goes, get ready for this Tope Suicida. Realizes the butcher is still well and truly down, has to stop his complete momentum while Luchasaurus is waiting for the pin before, or the dive before he pins. And kind of Jungle Boy has to do the comedy step through the ropes and do a double hammer onto a. <laughs> A downed butcher, which leads to Jake Roberts corpsing in the crowd. <laughs> he literally Central covered his man. face, and you could just see him laughing. Yeah, uh, Randy Savage coming for you, Jake. I'm sorry. 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a match. Luchasaurus Jungle Boy are going to be over eventually. There's been a lot of, you know, I, I hate to say it. There's been a mm-hmm. lot of sloppiness out of the butcher as of late. I feel like, like, because yeah. also remember the weird, the weird fucked up thing from last week where they, you know, he was late on the, on the slamming Marco in to, to break up the pin spot. Yeah, they the timing on breaking up pins has been really bad as of late. It's like I feel like they need to bring everybody together and say, hey, just can we just break at two rather than two and a half or two nine tenths? We don't have to put that to last minute. Yep, just. You can save it too. It's fine. It's cool. But yeah, it's there's been a bit of that, and there's a little bit of that during this episode, and I worry. Like you don't; those are the bad botches people notice and make fun of. Yep. No, and well, it sucks because yeah, I just I you know, hey, the little bit of every time I've died I've listened to seems really cool, so I'm already into it to them for that, but like. Like I just like the look that Butcher and Blade have. I like they, there's there's something different and something cool. I'd like to see them like actually get better. And it's definitely something to worry about when yeah, like their last couple matches on Dynamite have been a little bit sloppy. And well, it's not like they're really gonna have much of a chance to work for a bit if you know the shit's really gonna go as south as it seems like it's going to. Yeah, and that sucks because they do have a phenomenal look. Like. Yeah, the blade is pretty generic when he takes the mask off, but the butcher looks like somebody who fits in that role perfectly. Like, he looks like he was born into kind of a power man who just beats the shit out of you and is old-timey as fuck. It's cool. It is. You know what else is really cool? What's that? Giving people their due for finally being as good as they are. Fuck Yes. Let's talk about this now. Let's get to this. So, the Dark Order comes out. Evaluna, who has confirmed that Dr. Tracksuit is not the Exalted One, <laughs> also confirmed a lot of other people weren't as well. Um, he starts to do a reveal. SCU comes out and says, you don't really have an Exalted One, do you? And notwithstanding the real awkward cut where you could see the exalted one coming out before the video promo started up playing full screen. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say maybe it was like a, a Wyatt family cut that led to the next scene. Yeah. It, it, fair enough. Um, and SU sold it pretty well like that anyways. But we had a deepened voice talking about how the Dark Order is going to change and did it in a really good fashion as the fake deepened voice starts to fade away yep talking about how yeah we used to knock we used to let you join us now there is no option if we knock you are opening the door and letting us in and if you don't i am kicking down the door and you are letting us in and as he starts to approach you start to see oh shit it's motherfucking brody lee it's like wait is that a beard under that under that, yeah, myth. exactly. I see. It's like, oh shit, it's totally Brody. It's like, Fuck that's yes. Brody Lee, right? That's Brody Lee. And the voice, he's you know, changed. It's like, oh, it's him. It's him. It's him. And then he lifts up the up the fucking, you know, mm-hmm. the hood. Fucking Brody Lee. And he cuts a fantastic promo about how basically a certain old man didn't used to believe in him, but now he's going to. In essence, and I'm paraphrasing like hell because I forget promos as soon as I've seen them. 
He's going to take what's his now. And he's going to bring the Dark Order to new heights. And it's I don't just... know. He didn't say it in a southern accent, though, so I'm not sure I can really trust it. Oh, I trust it, though. Like He he can really own that character, I feel. No, I know. I'm kidding. Yeah, I know you are. I just... I. I also want to point out the people with the audience out there know that, yeah, no, it's a reference to apparently one of the reasons why Vince didn't like Luke Harper was because Mm -hmm. he was pissed off that he couldn't do a Southern accent. Oh, fair. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Um, No, he's very much a New Yorker. And I'm going to bring up Oscar's comment in the chat here on that um, because I agree here. Uh, Oscar says he really didn't like that, or he really likes that this didn't happen in front of a hometown crowd in Rochester because he would have gotten a huge pop as he a absolutely heel. Absolutely would have. And no, you get stunned silence here of, oh shit, Brody Lee's here. And we all know who he is. He's Luke Harper, but Brody Lee is way cooler for where he's going to take this character. He's got a good look now, he's yep. got a cleaned up beard. Uh, Sean Spears tried to pretend not to know him and have played NHL games against him. Um, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> as, he, as one does. Uh, you know, sweets on Twitch. Um, but no, it, this was a very good advancement of the Dark Order. Basically saying, yeah, we were saying join us now. Now you have no choice. Now, now you're joining us. Yeah, you're joining us. We take what we want now. And it's like, it, this feels like the uh, edge of like, no, you're not getting an e-meter reading. You're just flat out. You're Your just going are... in the volcano with Xenu. Yeah, exactly. Your stress levels are way too high, and I'm sorry. You have no choice. You're <laughs> one of us now. Welcome to level three, bitches. Um, I'm so excited for this. I am so excited, too. This is going to... This has better potential, especially with like the extra creepy music they gave Luke Harper. Or, I'm sorry, Brody Lee. That is this nice music for an exalted one. He is going to add a level of terror that we haven't seen with the Dark Order before. Indeed. I, I'm buying into them again. I think this could be something. I'm I, really hopeful. I'm so excited. I'm really hopeful. Me and, too. And Brody Lee definitely does seem like a fresh start where it's like, yeah, awesome. This, mm-hmm. and this is someone that I know is really fucking cool. Oh, other thing to point out here that was kind of cool too. I forget... Whether he attacked Frankie or Chris doesn't matter. But I think it was Christopher Daniels. Yeah. He brings him down into the start of a sister, sister Abigail pose. You know, the whole yep. swing them down in their back. And then he immediately lets him up and just hits him with a fucking discus clothesline yep, from hell. he does his discus clothesline. It's like, no, we ain't doing sister Abigail here. This is flat out. I'm going to hurt you with the biggest fucking discus clothesline I've seen in ages. Such a fucking pro. Such a fucking so pro. I'm so I'm so fucking excited to see Brody Lee back. Me too. He is an incredible wrestler. He has been so underrated over the years. Mm-hmm. This is... If people haven't been watching him, pay attention now. You're going to see something real good. Indeed. Speaking of things that Speaking are of really which, good, though... We got into yet another kind of introduction promo. Hey. I mean, we've we known he's around, but. Remember Lucha Underground? It's back in AEW form. It sure is. So, Jake the Snake says some things about Lance Archer and how, Cody, you don't seem to want to meet us head to head. So, we'll we'll meet you. We'll show you what we can do. And you can you can realize we're going to meet you. 
And then this badass vignette starts. That is which if any which of you underground remember, as fuck. Yeah, if any of you remember the the vignette that they did for the Butcher and the Blade uh and the Bunny like mm-hmm. a few months ago, like it's very much in that style but also yeah. way fucking cooler, way fucking crazier. And I'll say a little bit early 90s WCW in some ways. Kind of, but with like the 2010s like style of filming it. Yeah. Which this was a smart way to introduce people who aren't familiar with like the New Japan side of Lance Archer to how he's been. Just an angry man and some weird Kizarni dwarfism type dude introducing everybody to the try or die challenge. Basically screaming at like, you know, a bunch of people in a weird bar yelling, spin the wheel, make the deal, spin the wheel, make the deal. Exactly, except instead it's try or die. And in the match is written with like, uh, looks like a kind of cleaver in there as well. Everybody dies. (laughs) And so all these people around are like amping themselves up. Lance Archer shoves him aside, gets in the ring. And one by one, they start trying to come in and challenge him. And he's just beating the ever-loving shit out of them. And screaming everybody dies all the while. Yeah, and so everybody now knows, if you didn't know from New Japan, Lance Archer is very much about killing everybody. He kills everybody dies. That is a mantra. That is a truth. That is a constant. And it ends with Jake Roberts in a rocking chair up a hill watching all this unfold, just kind of smiling to himself as Lance Archer leaves everybody except the MC laying in the ring. Half dead. All the overhead shots of just like here's his overhead shot of the ring and just all these bodies that Lance Archer just destroyed. I'm sorry, you can use that in any videos going forward. It's a great look. This was just so cool. It was. I I was originally when I first saw this open up, I'm like, okay, this is gonna look stupid. By the end, it's like this is the best way you could have introduced him to everybody because this is Lance Archer as fuck. I just, I just love all this Lucha, this weird Lucha Underground stuff that they've been doing here and there. Like, this is I'm, what they need to do. I'm glad that, like, I'm definitely glad that they use it sparingly. That it's not just mm-hmm. like a, a oh, we're just gonna throw it out there like every single week because it's you know it's because it's super cool because like mm-hmm. when they do it, it makes it so fucking effective. Well, I think furthermore, it's like every time you see it, it's not like Lucha Underground always, always had kind of like, and this is a bad way to say it, and especially given the kind of people who have said this before, it kind of has a Muppet Show effect to it, where you're seeing behind the scenes as part of the show. Yeah. Constantly. Here, the Butcher and the Blade thing was not behind the scenes of the show. It was just in their lives. And the way this was presented, it was like, this is not a part of Dynamite. This is not behind the scenes of Dynamite. This is just Lance Archer living his life and a glimpse at it. And that he's the kind of person who will challenge a bunch of people to show him up and he'll just damn near kill them all. And then and, slam this dude into the hood of a car a bunch. And the final thing was just by that time it was almost laughable. Just him grabbing guy and repeatedly slamming his head into the car. I almost expect to see blood squirt out. I did appreciate that you could tell that Lance was being safe and he was holding the back of his head while he was slamming him into the car. Oh, yeah, for sure. He maybe could have put a better camera angle on that. But again, I appreciate Lance Archer being a safe worker. Yeah, I mean, he's he's apparently not a very nice guy. So 
Um, but everybody dies, and that guy everybody is dies. no exception. <laughs> so again, the, these segments, like you're saying, they're using them sparingly enough, but they're also making sure that you know it's separate from dynamite in like what these people are doing. This is not the dynamite show. This is literally them in their lives to show you what kind of person they are. And if you're not excited to see Lance Archer after this, just you wait. Definitely. Then we had um, basically the main event at this point. And the inner circle got carried away to a certain extent. Mainly in that... (laughs) Okay. So let me try and explain everything that was going off the rails here in the best of ways. Um, The inner circle comes out when it's Santana, Ortiz, and Hager. They're going to represent them in the six-man tag for advantage on Blood and Guts. Which... They're trying to throw a wrench in here by saying it's going to be five on four with the lack of Nick's Jackson. So maybe because of that, the advantage does need to go to the faces here. Which smart because everybody knows a fucking war games match. The heels always get the advantage. Absolutely. So again, good way to maybe make me think it won't happen that way. But Santana Ortiz Hager come out. Um, Sammy Guevara follows him out and does like his usual cue card thing about putting everybody over. Then when we come back from break, Chris Jericho comes out. Didn't expect to see him, but he's here. And he's going to go on commentary, as he tends to do. I did expect to see him, though, actually, because uh, if, you, if you were able to see the uh, the yeah. picture-in-picture stuff, yep. uh, Sammy totally fucking spoiled it on one of his cue cards that he had. He did, which I was fine with. Like As soon as I was like, oh, wait, we're really going to do that? Yeah, he, no, it was there. funny it's like, and great. It's like, oh damn, Chris is Chris Jericho's here. Cool. But the problem is, is like when Chris Jericho's coming out, his usual meme can't be done, where everybody sings his theme. <laughs> or until can Sammy it? until Sammy steals a fucking mic, runs over by MJF and starts belting it out in the most off tone voice. Just off tone. Just the timing is completely wrong. It's horrible in the best way. <laughs> To the point where Chris Jericho's almost corpsing at how bad it is. And at the same time, like, after Chris Jericho sits down in commentary, Sammy, with still a live mic, asks MJF how it was going. And MJF just berates him for how bad it was and says, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a little pitchy. Uh, you, you really need to work on your timing there. You didn't sing it very well at all. Uh, and while well, admitting that, yeah, I was uh, like all-star choir at my high school. <laughs> As I'll start everything at my high school. <laughs> and God, it was so good. Um, just fantastic attempt to replicate what has been happening with Jericho and the singing of Judas. And I appreciate it so much. It, again, more of that idea that people are trying to make this a weird, lively environment. Yeah, it's trying to make it still feel like there's some kind of like actual crowd interaction going on and in a way that makes sense and isn't just like okay why is byron saxton the fucking commentator just doing this dumb shit other than well it's a steve austin promo we need someone for steve austin to kill yeah and it's gonna be byron which yeah made no sense there here it makes perfect sense because sammy's a douche he's been doing this kind of singing on his vlogs for weeks now uh, with marco and marco's not there so he's 
just going to do it on his own, and MGF is going to give him a weird look, like, "What the fuck are you doing?" It it was it was fucking fantastic, wonderful. And then on top of that, as the elite is coming out, Cody comes out, um, and everybody starts poking fun at this tattoo. Like MGF starts booing vicarious or not vicariously he's just like adamantly booing the shit out of him yep which is great just it's like all, all the like, attention to himself in the best mm-hmm. way yeah this is exactly what he should be doing at the same time jericho makes fun of cody's awful fucking tattoo catches taz laughing and says you're gonna catch hell for that later <laughs> <laughs> not wrong also i was laughing all the same so thing i'm not an aw employee i mean hey come on taz i feel like taz is supposed to be the heel commentator he is supposed to be the heel commentator and you know he normally doesn't show up but this was he's been doing some decent moments where he's not blatantly heel but you can tell he understands where they're coming from which to be honest that kind of centrism might be more heel than anything at this point i guess so when you put it that way yeah yeah but no, MGF just like going full on screaming at Cody during this entire match. Just chef kiss amazing. Mm-hmm. And then we get into like cryons again. Like Hangman Page comes out social distancing since November. Hangman hand washing or Adam hang washing Page. Just they know that people get this shit now. And. I don't know if anything about the match really matters. It was a competent match for like way too long. Like I feel like they ran short and it stretched us out. Yeah, it was a it was a fun match, but yeah, it definitely didn't it definitely didn't need to be twenty minutes. Let's say no, and they definitely didn't. I don't think the way they were working it, it intended to be twenty minutes. I no, because I feel like there there was. I definitely feel like there was a feeling at the end of like. Where I definitely got like, oh, they're just trying to drag for time. Like, really, like, Jericho's mm-hmm. really just, like, trying to fucking come up with shit to say. Mm-hmm, exactly. But, as you would expect, the Elite lose the advantage match because it's a fucking War Games match. Faces never get advantage. But I fucking love the way that they got to that finish. Yeah. Of, like, yeah. having, of having fucking, you know... Even with all these issues between Matt and, and Hangman, they're still mm-hmm. gonna have like Matt gets Hangman to get to fucking agree to do the indie taker with him, and as yep. he's going for it, as he's launching up, fucking Santana pulls him down off the off of the fucking onto the fucking apron and slams his head into the apron. Ortiz yep. fucking rolls up up Matt for the win. It was fantastic, and once again, outsmarted. And it really does show that the elite is not together right now. And they are basically broken at this point. And the inner circle has not had any issues. They have accidentally hit each other, unlike what Chris Jericho has said. But for the most part, he's right. They haven't messed up. There's been no inner drama there. They have been a cohesive unit of pain. There's cool guys being cool. There's cool guys being cool, according to Jericho. And, you know, they keep, they start pointing out here, oh, hey, by the way, um, yeah, there's five of us and there's four of you and we've got advantage. You all are going to die of blood and guts now on the next Dynamite. And 
you know, we are the inner circle. We're not going to buzz. There's this tremendously uh, and, and obnoxious like, buzzing fu- sound. Like, what the fuck is that noise? Like, is there some kind of audio issue? Like, this is really unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking like, okay, like what kind of gimmicks out there have bees for them? Who's coming out to help? Is it like, I'm trying to think, go through all my stuff. Like, does Willie Mac have like a bee gimmick? Does, you know, who has something like that? None. And then we see the drone. I'm like, and then it's Vanguard one. It's fucking Vanguard one. I had to take a second look like, okay, that's not Sammy's drone. No, that's fucking Vanguard one. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's just like, what the fuck is happening? And then I see the drone going, oh, yeah. It's that drone. Oh, oh, this is where you're using him. And contrary to everything we may have been told earlier today about certain signings. Oh, my fucking God. They found a fifth person to fill in as part of the, the elite. Someone and that now, owed them a favor. Mm-hmm. Broken Matt and, Hardy is all elite. And his piano music is playing as he's shown up on the second level with his hands up doing the weird delete thing eventually. But it's the wall, brother! <laughs> it's the wall! It's it's a, it's a deleted wall. And holy shit. We have Matt Hardy and Brody Lee are now both elite as of this episode. What the fuck? It's a weird universe we live in. On an empty arena show, we get two huge debuts. And, like, look, I'll put it here. I'm not the biggest fan of Matt Hardy. But I understand him joining AEW is tremendous. Just the amount of creativity as that he has, like especially yeah. if they're going to be putting if they're going to be putting him in a position where like he can be a big person backstage, he can be a big person creative. Like if if they're putting him in a position where like he could be, you know, like what SCU has, where they have like a backstage office role. Yeah, exactly. Like that would he, be genius. He, like he, and also just not to say nothing of how much of an audience he commands by just being Matt Hardy. Yeah. Like, like you don't need Jeff there anymore. You just need Matt and his absolutely ludicrous, insane storylines that people love. And this is one of them. Vanguard one, bringing him into blood and guts as part of the elite D elite. God damn it. I mean, that's what they're going to use now. They really should. They already have a shirt of him out there with it saying the delete. The delete. The the, the delete. The delete. It's really good shirt too. Like if I was a big fan of his, I'd buy it up in a heartbeat. It's probably gonna be a bestseller very quickly. Um didn't even need a merch freak for it. I mean no, Merch Freak's dead. Like he died. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're right. I'm still I'm still sad that that merch freak wasn't the fucking exalted one. <laughs> that would have been so good though. Right. Um, public soul announcement. Y'all don't put garage door openers, um, into your hand and then close a garage door on yourself. Seriously. It's kind of a trap. It's a trap. You're going to hurt yourself. Internal injuries. Definitely not waiting for a baby and trying to avoid COVID-19. It's dynamite ruled. This dynamite was 
like the funny thing about it is like especially now i'm talking about it the wrestling itself was not like top tier this wasn't like the best wrestling i've seen no absolutely not all not even close show wise though like plot wise this was goddamn baller as hell. I yeah. loved it. They moved a ton of things forward. Like, mm-hmm. they kept things really exciting and really fresh. And yeah, even with the crazy extenuating circumstances, they still managed to make it feel lively and exciting. And like, and like again, like a wrestling show. Yeah. I feel like this is now AEW's biggest strength, is that they can take weird situations they've brought themselves into or they've been put in, and they can make a show out of it. Do we need to make a show on a cruise ship? Sure, what the fuck? We'll be on a cruise ship. Are we going to be right... Are we going to have a show that has like a bash at the beach fanfare and everything like that right before we get on that cruise ship? You bet your ass we are. Can we do an empty arena show? Fuck yeah, we can. Let's get everybody who's here out there and uh, get them starting yelling at each other and taking wagers and bets. And They can do any kind of show they want to. They could be in an actual NWA-style studio next week, Mm -hmm. and I would believe they could pull it off. Absolutely. Like, there's... So much of this kind of thing they can do now. I have full confidence production-wise. They've got it on lock. Yeah. Like, this episode definitely, definitely showed me that, like, if they're going to be able to happen next week or in sometime in the foreseeable future, they're Mm going to make it work. I really hope the ratings on this are through the roof. Me too. I really do. It's if so not deserved. this, then on the next Dynamite, because the next Dynamite will definitely have a Matt Hardy wrestling in it. It definitely will. And a bunch of other things, too. They announced a ton of matches for that show. They sure did. Like, holy shit, they are ready for whenever it happens. Hopefully next week. Here's hoping. I'm just, here's hoping. But, God, fantastic, fantastic show. I'm just, I'm... I'm really stoked that AEW has so far been able to persevere the way they have and haven't had the awkward moments of Byron Saxon screaming hell yeah in the most awkward voice. And then getting a a half-hearted what? Mm-hmm. Or like NXT, not even putting on a real show this week. And no one was accidentally kicked in the balls this week. Yeah. Oh. Poor Byron. <laughs> Actually, I legit feel bad for him. Though I don't feel so bad now I've seen all like the Mortal Kombat gift compilations of him getting kicked in the gonads. <laughs> Not wrong. Like, that's right up there with the Sammy Guevara, you know, taking the super kick and <laughs> getting the x-ray vision. But, mm. yeah. But, yeah. Don't, don't, don't kick people square in the balls for your goddamn stunner, y'all. Don't do it. It's not cool. It's not cool. It's the gut you need to hit. Yep. Steve, go home, Steve. You're old and drunk. You couldn't even yeah, catch just, the beers right. You just pull the kick if you got it, Steve. We don't care if it connects or not. You're Steve Austin. We'll be fine. But yeah. No. That's it for Dynamite. And I yeah. guess that's it for Heal Alternative. Yeah, we talked about indie wrestling already. Just, again... Support your local indie wrestlers. Buy their merch if you have the capabilities and the means to do so. Just keep supporting people out there because it's going to get tough. Yeah, and on a more personal note here, I will say, actually, one thing I did want to talk about but forgot to put in the notes is, uh, yeah, a friend of the show, uh, Ashley, like, you know, as part of this whole thing, like, you know, the the show for uh, for Scal has been pushed back. Uh, the Tank, you know, the theater mm-hmm. that was running it, has had to cancel, right. like, basically all of their shows and 
you know, that's kind of a some concern that they might not even be able to reopen after all this if if this goes on right. for super long. But yeah, uh, stay tuned. Uh, check out you know the, the Scal website. I think it's scalfight.com. Uh, there she's going to be trying to launch some kind of new fundraising effort to uh, you know hopefully hopefully raise some more money in light of the fact that th- this whole thing has gone fucked. Please yep. support Ashley as 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 you should know from the episode that she was on a few weeks ago. She's fucking awesome. Yeah, she's fantastic. Once we get the information on like any fundraiser stuff like that, we'll definitely have to start getting it out there because yeah, support yeah. just support anything near you that you care about deeply that could be affected by this if you have the means. Because I mean, we're all struggling here for sure. But yep. if you have any privilege, and that includes me right now because i'm at this point not in any danger mm-hmm. you're down the road who knows but like right now i'm fine i need to start helping some of these folks and if you're in the same situation and you're listening to this just keep that in your mind as you go around and start seeing what's happening absolutely and hey while you know we needed a lot less i'll just throw it out there if you'll also like to support us patreon.cool yep it's not just cool. It's Patreon.cool. It's we got we got podcasts and other stuff that you get with your with your donation. So do it. But you know, if you'd rather give your money to the struggling wrestling companies, that's cool. Yeah, we we don't blame you. We'll still be here. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, like we were talking about, I think before we started the show, if there's no wrestling next week for some extenuating circumstance. Okay, we'll just talk about random wrestling stuff while like playing a game or something like that and make that the podcast. Yeah. Like so yeah, I guess the this is the part of the show where we talk about what's coming up and the answer is I mean fuck, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. WWE it seems like they're not going to stop for whatever reason. So yep. I guess Owen and I will just keep doing heel turn for the time being and we'll see where it goes from there. I mean, I'm still, you know, look, my my plan is still Raftermania is my last episode, but with everything going on right now and the fact that I might not have to, you know, be in my office for a, a, a little bit, like, who knows? Maybe I'll be on a little bit longer. We'll figure it out. Things are weird right now, is the point. The world is very strange. And like we said, you know, AEW might not be here next week. NXT might continue to not have wrestling next week. Heal alternative will still be here. We will, we will figure something out. If it again, if it has to just be us playing playing Fortnite, talk about random bullshit. If it just has to be, if it has to be us like watching old wrestling, watching like those old ECWs that Oscar and I have been talking about watching, even though like you know he, he needs to rest, so we're not going to force yeah, him to he do does. things. Yeah, don't do stuff that he would want to do as well, because yeah, he needs his rest. He needs to recover. Oscar, get better soon, please. Yeah. But the point is, we're going to be here. Mm-hmm. One way or another, ProWrestling.Cool will be here for y'all. Mm-hmm. We are always with the intent of, like... <sighs> Fuck it. We're, we're too far in to stop now. Yep. I mean, shit, we've done it 22 weeks already. Why the fuck would we stop now? Exactly. I'm I'm just, I'm in for this now. I don't give a shit what happens like this. We'll find something to talk about. I mean, shit, real talk. I'm quitting the other one. I can't stop now. <laughs> or else I'll have to go back. Yeah. 
So you might have Casual Fridays move to Wednesdays for a little bit, but but you also just like to get some week. more Casual Fridays too. I'm I'm yeah, still exactly. gonna I'm still gonna finish Teddy Cast one of these days. It's it's weird. We might just be casual all the time now because that's the way the world's gonna start being when everybody's stuck in their houses. I do feel bad that I forgot to grab one of my white claws in the fridge. <laughs> there's always you next know, week though. I I kind of was making an executive decision myself that I'm not gonna buy alcohol because it's too pricey, so I might be going straight edge for a while. See, I I instead went the opposite direction next last week when I did my my panic shopping of oh mm-hmm. a twelve pack of black cherry white claw. Well, I need that. I mean, I I was very tempted, but then I saw the price tag and was like, yeah, do I really need it that badly, or can I just pick up a lot of sparkling water for a lot cheaper? Sparkling water one. See, I went. I saw the price tag and went, yeah, no. All right, less than 20 bucks for a 12-pack of White Claws? That's perfect. Okay, let's go. Yeah, I'm. this is my accounting side showing up here. I'm very, <laughs> very cheap. Fair like, enough. It is totally reasonable. I Maybe next week I'll have like a bunch of White Claws during this. We'll see. Patreon.cool. Give us money so that Trace can get White Claws. <laughs> that money will not go to my White Claw fund, but I will appreciate it regardless because it means you care. Exactly. Trace, where can we find you otherwise? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at PSEG. Um, and for the most part, I can't do shit about your power. I can't do shit about the fact you can't pay your bill. I can't do shit about the fact that it's a billionaire corporation holding onto your money and not doing anything to alleviate your problems in this world. So... Yeah, I hear you, folks, but I ain't going to reply to you regardless about that shit. The world is um, a vampire, and so is Trace. Let's slow that roll. I don't want to talk about <laughs> stuff like that on the air. <laughs> let's not talk about the time they uh, they had to sand down my uh, canines because they were too vampire-like. Um, and, but also you can find me at twitch.tv slash peaceegg. I've not been streaming much for a while because... When I had to go into work, I was still very scared that there were sick people there that were going to make me sick. Mm. And so I was immediately usually getting home, taking a shower, and then trying everything I could to rest as much as possible in case I became sick. Fair enough. And now that I'm working from home, fuck that shit. I'm streaming. Nailed it. So expect a lot more Fortnite on Thursdays, Forza on Fridays. I don't know. Maybe I'll use weekends for shit. Maybe. There's not much I can do outside, so fuck it. Yeah, maybe I'll start doing some Friday shit, especially because it seems like... It sure seems less and less likely that I'm going to want to be watching the rest of this season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, definitely. Just... yeah. Boy, that fracking story. Life comes at you fucking fast. I mean, I'm not surprised that, like, RuPaul is the most aggressive fucking vulture capitalist on the planet, but fucking Christ, really? You gotta do that? That, um, that doesn't surprise me, given what I've heard about her. I completely agree. Anyway, I've been your host, John Gavreski Maxwell. You can find me a whole myriad of places on the internet, including Twitter at IamJohnGM, Instagram at IamJohnGM, Twitch at Video underscore Shames. I don't use any of these things, really. I probably should, though. 
Maybe I'll do. Maybe I'll stream some of my Fortnite playing if I'm going to be doing a lot of Fortnite playing. Yeah, I got we this should new stream laptop, more of that. I might as well. Let's stream that shit together sometime. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm just gonna say it. Yo, give Oscar money. Eng dot one nine six six at yahoo.ca on PayPal. Pay, pay the man. He's like really sick. Please give him money. I don't want Oscar to die. Pay the man. Pay the man. This has been episode 22 of Heal Alternative. ProWrestling.Cool's Posicast, where we cover the world of professional wrestling. I mean, I don't know where the fuck we go from here, but it doesn't seem like wrestling does either. So, hey, we'll be back next week with episode 23. If wrestling isn't here, we'll find something else to talk about. But... Look, I'll be here, Trace will be here, and maybe we'll force Owen to show up. Who knows? Oh my god. Are we really going to do that? That's like pulling the fire alarm right there. I mean, he's the one who's exiled himself from this show. It wasn't us. True. Oh god, he did the Cody stipulation. He did the Cody stipulation. That was the whole point. Well then, stay tuned, folks. The rabbit hole goes very deep. Until then, y'all come back. Stay strong. podcast was brought to you by the zonecast network executive produced by owen douglas visit zonecast.com for more shows 